everyone. Welcome to CTC, and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. I'm Lynn Poindexter, and you're watching the 3 before. Our Delaware River cruise that had to be postponed due to bad weather has been rescheduled for July 19th. The group will meet at Fort Delaware State Park at 5.30 for a 6 p.m. departure. Cost is $10 per person, and you can pay when you get to the park. No food will be served, but you are welcome to bring your own and bring some to share. To learn more, contact the church office at 302-836-2862. We are excited about hosting Mark Webb, a bishop in the Global Methodist Church, as a guest speaker for all three services on July 29th and 30th. All students in grades 7 through 12 are invited to the home of Daniel and Chrissy Carroll every Friday now through August 4th from 9 a.m. to noon for breakfast, watching The Chosen, and swimming. To find out more, you can message Daniel Carroll at 302-367-4524. Thanks for being here today. You can find more information about all of our events by going to ctcde.church. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram to stay up to date. As we worship together today, our prayer is that you leave feeling encouraged and closer to God than ever. Please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. Now, let's get ready to worship. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? We welcome those of you that are worshiping with us online. We apologize for last weekend. Uh, we had an internet outage here in the area and we're not able to broadcast live. You can still go back uh, even now, sometime later this afternoon if you'd like, and watch the archives from last week. Uh, but again, we apologize for that. Can we stand together today as we begin our service by celebrating the fact that Jesus is alive, so he's made us alive. Amen. Make a way where there seems to be no way. I search the world, but it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise, the treasures of faith are never enough. And you came along. back together every desire is now satisfied here in your love oh there's nothing better than you 
today. God, we thank you that you turned the dry places in our lives into green, lush valleys. Lord, we thank you that you turned the dead bones of our lives into living, breathing souls. We thank you that you take the dead circumstances and the situations that we think are impossible and work them out for our good according to your will, according to the power that works in us. And so, Holy Spirit, today we welcome you to this place. We welcome you to be here with us, to strengthen us, to challenge us, to speak to our hearts. God, receive our worship and our praise today because you deserve to be praised. We thank you for the privilege today of worshiping you and bringing adoration to your name. It's in the name of Jesus we pray and everybody said, Amen and Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Well, we welcome you to Christ the Cornerstone. Thanks for being here today. I know there are a lot of places you probably could have been. It's the summertime. It's warm outside, but you are here or you're worshiping with us online. So we thank you for being here. If you're new, if you've never been to Christ the Cornerstone or you've only been here a few times, we want to extend a special welcome to you and let you know that just outside this room on the left-hand side of the mall is our Connect Central. We want you to stop by there after the service today and pick up a gift that we have for you. You'll have an opportunity to meet some folks from our church and find out about all the ministries that we have going on here at Christ the Cornerstone. Uh, if, if you're a regular here at CTC, you can also stop there and find out information about small groups, about ministries that you can get involved in, about places that you can get involved in serving. Our series that we're uh, going to be looking at, that, that we are in the middle of, and we're going to be continuing through the month of August, telling us how to play our part in the kingdom of God. And that's not an easy thing to do. It's difficult to figure out sometimes, and it's difficult to walk that road. And so we're all here to do that together. And that's one of the purposes of our life group. So if you're not involved in a life group, we encourage you to get involved in one. At your seat where you are is a Connect card that we ask you to fill out whenever you come and worship with us. Uh, so just let us know you're here and who's worshiping with us. You can uh, fill out one of those online Connect cards uh, right where you are uh, worshiping with us online. Uh, if you are new, if you would just 
fill out that card and give us what information you uh, just whatever basic information you will trust us with. And we promise not to misuse that. We just want to be able to uh, thank you for your uh, worshiping with us today. Also on that card, you can let us know about prayer reports, prayer reports, prayer requests and praise reports. Uh, because we love to hear from you about those things, and we love to uh, help bear those burdens with you and rejoice when you're rejoicing and weep when you're weeping. So let us know about those things, and we will meet together several times throughout the week, and uh, folks will be praying for those. And here's Pastor Roger. Good morning, everybody. Great to see all of you. Let me add my welcome to Pastor Bill's welcome to you. Wonderful to see the families and the children here worshiping together. That's one of the, one of the things that is so important to me. Uh, that's how we develop... Uh, faith in our young people. We gather together. And, and you know, I say this often to parents. You are God to your children. And that is, uh, that is until your children come to an understanding to hear about God in heaven. God who is with us. Jesus who loves us. They experience it from you as parents. So I thank you parents for taking that role seriously as you do and working working together, and we want to come alongside you as a church to encourage you and to say, you're doing a great job, keep going, keep going, and uh, those things. You know, Pastor Bill mentioned life groups. I want to just want to talk about one of the life groups that I experienced this week, and that is the, the men's dinner that we had on Wednesday night. Uh, we met up in at Crossroads Diner in, in Wilmington and had about 25 guys, about 20 guys from, from this, uh, from our Bear campus and about five guys from our Ellesmere campus had a, had a great time. And, uh, I watched one of, one of our men from this campus come in and right behind him was another gentleman. And, uh, he, he walked in and I greeted both of them as if they had come together. Uh, because they were so close to each other, and so I greeted. It was it was Stanley who came in first, who I knew, and then there was the guy right behind him. And I stuck out my hand to meet the guy and introduce myself to the guy behind him. I said, "Hey, my name is Roger." He didn't know who I was. He didn't know Stanley. He was just there to get dinner together at the, at the restaurant. And uh, so I, Stanley went on to the room where the where the other men were were gathering, and and uh, the other guy stood there, waited for the host host to come and take him to to a table. And I noticed nobody came in to with him. So I asked him, "Are you alone?" He said, "Yeah." And uh, I said, "Well, we're we're just a group of men gathering for dinner together over here." And uh, We'd love for you to join us. We're from from a church. And he said, what kind of church? <laughs> and, and I said, well, we're, we're, uh, we're well, I don't know, you know, we're kind of in this middle place now and, and reshaping and understanding our identity as a, as a congregation. And so I said, well, we're we're a United Methodist Church, but we're disaffiliating from the United Methodist Church. He went, OK. And and he said, non-denominational. I said, well, you know, we're kind of kind of in the middle there, whatever. And I said, we're Christian. And uh, I said, we'd love for you. You know, it's, it's not a high pressure thing. We're just gathering for some fellowship and for some good food together. I, we'd love for you to join us. I said, would you like to? He said, eh, sure. And so I so I took him over to the table and, and I said, uh, set him next to a couple other guys who I was I was very confident that they would not let him sit there and eat his meal without anybody talking to him. And they they proved me right. And so I'm glad for that. So anyway, this guy sat down and had dinner with us. And at the end of the meal, somebody came to me and said, did you know that 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 new guy over there and this guy over here at the end of the table, they knew each other. And they knew each other because they had spent time together in Bible study 
at Cornerstone Church years ago. And uh, so it was just a, it was just a fun way. So you never know what's going to happen when we get involved in one of these life groups. And we have these life groups precisely because we need to spend time getting to know one another. You have you have things to celebrate. You have questions that you have, and you need somebody in a in an environment where it's safe to talk about the concerns and the things that you have in life. We cannot live life alone. So that's why we have these have these life groups and the the men's group. Uh, we we have uh, once once a month we have dinner together. Once a month we have breakfast together. And our next. Uh, uh-oh, I'm going to get in trouble for saying this one because I've advertised it two different times. But anyway, the next, I'll, I'll send a text out when the next men's breakfast is, but I do know where it's going to be, and it's going to be back at Crossroads Diner uh, in Wilmington. So I love, would love for you to join us there. But it's those kinds of gatherings that you can meet some other people, and then we have women's groups that also meet. And, and these are launch pads for our other small group, uh, our other life group um, that life groups that meet, and so I want to encourage you to get involved in one of those. This time that I'm that I'm taking too long doing right now, <laughs> I call it our stewardship our stewardship moment. We talk about ways that we love, serve, and engage, and our life groups is one of the ways that we engage with one another. And we also talk about our giving. We want our giving to be to be an expression of our trust in God. And so we have these verses that we read together that just inspire us and and teach us how to manage the finances that we have and the resources that we have. So I invite you to let's read this verse out loud uh, as we remember the ways that Jesus teaches us. Let's read this together. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions for they have given a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. Extremely challenging verse for us to, to act out as we're talking about playing our part. So let's continue to worship God this morning. I invite you to stand with me as I offer this prayer as we transition back into praising God and worshiping Him through music. Let's pray together. Father, we do indeed thank you for this day. Thank you for hearing our prayer. Come and be present with us this morning as we continue to sing, whether we're singing out loud, whether we're singing in our heads, whether our hearts are just quiet and peaceful and we're just enjoying being in your presence. doesn't matter. God, we want to enjoy you and worship you and lift up your holy name this morning as you are present with us. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. As the Spirit was moving over the water, Spirit come move over us. Come rest on us, come rest on us, as the Spirit was moving over the water, Spirit come move over us, come rest on us, come rest on us, and come down, Spirit when 
fill this place today, Holy Spirit, so that we might know that you are here. I'm here, and I know you're moving. You're here, and I know you will fill me. God, from the very beginning of the service today, we were making declarations about who you are, about how you turn graves into gardens, and about how your spirit renews our spirit. But God, so many times we come into a room like this or we walk through day after day in our lives and we carry burdens that we were not meant to carry alone. And so God, help us to recognize you not only as the one who delivers us, but a father who just wants to be with us. And so God, the burdens that we carry today, the things that we need to lay down before you, we pray that you would give us the strength to do that we weren't meant to do it alone I've carried a burden for too long on my own I wasn't created to bear it alone. I hear your invitation to let it all go. Yeah, I see it now. I'm laying it down. And I know that I need you. I run to the Father, I fall into grace. I'm done with the hiding, no reason to wait. My heart needs a surgeon, my soul needs a friend. So I run to the Father again and again and again and again.
that is like I know that when I was growing up with the number of bonehead dumb things that I did all the time my parents could have easily said you know what I'm just tired of hearing all this but of course they didn't and we can feel the same way about our relationship with God part of that chorus is I'm done with the hiding why do we hide Well, the answer is shame. We hide because of our shame. Because if other people find out who I really am, they won't like me. You don't necessarily know that to be true, number one. But number two, we think that if I really let God in to see the deepest, darkest places of my heart, then he won't love me either. Well, I got news for you. He already knows. He just wants us to acknowledge that we know that he knows. And that's when the healing can begin in us. And that's when, like the prodigal son, we can say, you know what? The servants, the slaves at my father's house eat better than I'm eating out here. So I'm just going to go back and ask him to ask him if he'll hire me on staff. But when the father saw the son a long ways off. He didn't go, oh boy, here comes the prodigal. This ought to be good. He dropped everything that he was doing. And he took off and ran in his direction. And when we turn back to the Lord, and when we drop that facade of shame and hiding, and really allow Him to do in us what He wants to do, 
then real change can happen in our lives. We don't need to hide from him, folks. And you know what? We don't really need to hide from each other. And we talk about this all the time. And, Pastor, we've already talked a couple of times in this room this morning about life groups and about people in your life that you can talk openly with and honestly with. Here's how I'm really doing. We need that. We're not meant to do this life alone. Now, to think that the ruler of the universe, the creator of the universe... The King of all kings and the Lord of all lords wants to have that kind of a relationship with me. I cannot wrap my brain around it. But it's a gift. And when we receive a gift, what do we do? With thanksgiving, we accept it. And so this morning when we think about Psalm 95, it says, Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift up you ancient doors that the King of glory may come in. The question is, who is this King of glory? The answer is the Lord strong and mighty. Debbie's going to lead us. Yes, the world will bow down and say you are God. Every man will bow down and say you are King. So let's start right now. Why would we wait?
want to be where you are. God. Take us to that place where all we know is that we're sitting in your presence. Where all we know is that you're here. All we know is that our list doesn't matter. All we know is that the King of glory wants to be with us. And we just want to be with you, God. So, Holy Spirit, we pray that you would continue to move in this place today. God, we just ask for your spirit to fill this house and each one of us to overflowing. Will you just pray that prayer with me right where you are in your own words? Just ask the Holy Spirit to fill each of us this morning as we continue today. God, we thank you for your presence with us. I want to invite the children, if you'll come here, we can, we can put out our hands and, and give a blessing. This is a, this is a powerful time for us as a congregation to say and to ask God to, to, to put his presence into our children that as they grow up. Let's pray. Let's pray for them as they go downstairs and, and uh, enjoy lessons uh, and with their Let's pray for them. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these young ones that you have given to us. We pray your blessing upon them. We pray that, they, that their hearts and their ears are open to learn about you and also willingness to follow your teachings in their lives. We pray for their moms and dads and those who give grandparents and others who give care to them, that you would also anoint them as they lead them every day 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. using this analogy of drama to teach us and to remind us all that God has a call list and that God is calling us to do something, to act out something. But when, when we think of dramas, when we're watching TV or we're watching movies or we're watching something on our, on our tablets or our phones or, or, or any other screen, we, we tend to think of, oh, those people are just pretending. And so when we're talking about acting out, I want to remind us that we are not talking anything about pretending to live the Christian life. There really is no reason to pretend. God has called us to live our lives not pretending at all. But that because there are things happening in our world and there can be no pretending about living the Christian life. So we're... In this series, acting out, playing our part in the kingdom of God, it's, it's, we're walking through the book of Acts, really, and looking at how God equips and calls and empowers and strengthens and leads His people, His followers, me and you who have decided to follow Jesus. And several weeks ago when we started it, we learned that the first thing that Jesus, that, that, that God does is to fill us with is Holy Spirit. Now we've been singing about that all morning long, and that's that's the theme of this. But we cannot live the life that God has for us to live without being empowered with the presence of God. That is the that is His Holy Spirit that He gives to us. So in the Acts in Acts chapter two, God sent His Holy Spirit. And then as we look through the rest of the series, we're just looking at all the people of God, individuals, and how God has equipped and empowered them with his Holy Spirit. We looked at Peter to see how God filled Peter. We looked at Barnabas to see how God used Barnabas and each one of them in very unique and distinct ways. And then we looked at Stephen and how God called Stephen. And today we're going to look at the, a young man named Philip. But before we get there, I want to remind us all why God fills us with his Holy Spirit. And that's because things need to change in this world. <laughs> and God's calling me and you to be agents of that change. Citizens of the kingdom of God as we're living in this world. In other words, God has called you to play a part in this world. Because, we need to remember this negative part, because of sin. I'll talk about sin for just a minute. And I love the definition. You hear me say this often. Sin, here's a simple definition of sin, but it's a definition that is so broad that we all are guilty of it. And the definition of sin that is the most basic definition of sin in the Bible is missing the mark. 
And it brings up to me the image of a bow, an arrow, and a target. And when you were created in your mother's womb, as Scripture tells us, God had a, has a plan for your life, a purpose. Now, the good thing that that is is that you are unique, you are valuable, and nobody else can fulfill the purpose that God has for you in this life. And there are times in my life when I feel like that, that purpose is so narrow, so, so rigid, that there's no way, God, that I can follow it. But then there are times in my life when, when I realize that the way that God has for me is broad. And God has given me many choices that are within His will. And He's saying, Roger, just go ahead. Any of these things are good and healthy and loving and kind. Do them. But there are times when I think, oh, God, it's so tight. I'm gonna, this, is, this is difficult. And how in the world am I just going to navigate this thing? I need God's presence. But the Bible teaches us that sin is missing the mark. And as a, if, if I was shooting a bow and arrow to, to a target and I, I missed that little black dot in the middle of the bullseye, anything outside of that is missing the mark. Well, what is, what is the mark that God has for me and for you? Jesus put it this way. He said, there's only one command, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. He says, there is a second command, but the second command is equal to the first, so really there's only one. <laughs> And that is to love your neighbor as you love yourself. I, I've come to, come to an understanding of my own life that there are times when I'm not real happy with myself. And, and I know that there are people in this world who, who think everybody is better than they are. And they, and they live in this, they live in this depression. They live in this mindset that I am horrible. I can do no good. I am worthless. And that is a lie from the devil. Because as I said earlier, God created you unique. There is no other person on earth like you. There is nobody else on this earth who can live the life that God has for you to live. So live it. But as I said also earlier, we all have missed the mark of God's calling for our life. So what are we to do? Well, that's why God sent Jesus Christ. And this is the gospel truth. This is the good news. That's what the word gospel means. This is the truth of the good news. And in our sinfulness, because we have missed the mark, we can't find our way back to God. So God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to live as a human being. He lived, He taught, He healed, He brought good news. He came to proclaim release to the captives. Mark chapter 9 says, Jesus went throughout the region of Galilee teaching, proclaiming good news, and healing all kinds of sickness and disease. That's what God calls us to do also. As we love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we love our neighbors as ourselves. So the mark that God has for us is is a law of love. But we also know that every one of us has missed 
that mark. Anyone here want to debate me and say you have never missed the mark of God's love for other people? Well, good, because I didn't really want to get into that debate because there really isn't a debate. <laughs> now, if you're online and you're debating with them on, uh, with, with those who are hosting the service online, go ahead, debate all you want. Know, somebody else can handle that. But the good news is that Jesus died on the cross as an offering to God because we all have missed the mark. What is going to, what is, what is going to remedy that? What is going to, 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 to allow... We cannot do anything to earn that place. And in God's mercy and God's love, God's kindness, He simply says, I forgive you. But by what means? And through that is through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ who died on the cross to forgive me and you of all our sinfulness, our missing the mark, which is broad. How easy it is for us to miss the mark. Oh, yes, I can get through. I, I missed the mark this morning. Uh, Carolyn's not going to like this too much. But it's more about me than Carolyn. I was driving through a parking lot this morning. And I went in the parking lot. I did not stop at two stop signs. <laughs> and Carolyn reminded me, those are still stop signs. I said, well, there's no traffic. <laughs> and we're in a parking lot. You know, it's not really a stop sign. Well, a stop sign is a stop sign. You know, the law of this world has no mercy. I still broke the law. But God's love is only merciful. And so I confess my sin. I ask God's forgiveness. I ask your forgiveness for breaking the law. But I have missed the mark regardless. But thanks be to God. That Jesus Christ still loves me. Are still? <laughs> Jesus died on the cross as an offering to God in order that God will forgive all our sin and restore me to a right relationship with God through Jesus Christ is the only way to that relationship. You know, we're sitting here and we're, we're worshiping this morning and, I, and I'm standing over here singing the songs and I'm saying, thank you, God, for peace. Because there is peace between me and God. There's peace between me and God. And when, when, when I die or even while I'm living and I think about the, the, this powerful God who created this entire universe, who created you, who created me, who has the power to give life, has the power to take life away, there is peace between me and God. Because the truth is, as I've already said, I have broken God's law of love. And that has placed me in a, in, in a separation between me and God. And the, the, the consequences of that separation are eternal separation from God. Death. And eternal death. But in this life, I have peace with God and the hope of everlasting peace with God and in His presence. That's good news. 
And I pray that each of you has that same peace this morning. And if you don't, today is the day when you can accept that and receive it and say to God, I trust Jesus forgives me of all my sin. God, give me your Holy Spirit to confirm in my own soul that my sins are forgiven and there is peace between me and you. Do you have that? Ask it right now, dear Jesus. I want that peace. Come into my heart right now. I will trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. And that opens us up to a brand new life. Now, I said we were talking about Philip, but I haven't said a word, much word about Philip, so let's talk about Philip. But now that we got that first thing taken care of, <laughs> having that peace with God, having that relationship with God, having Jesus open up this pathway between me and God, between you and God, God fills us with his Holy Spirit. Let's look at Philip to see how God filled him up. I want to look, go to Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. And it says... But as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. Uh-oh. Not a group of people <laughs> discontent, unhappy with each other, unhappy with the way things are going. That doesn't happen in our world today. There were rumblings of discontent. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers. Now, all of them were believers. We're talking about the church. They all have faith in Jesus Christ. But you've got the Greek-speaking believers, and you've got the Hebrew-speaking believers. You've got the Jews and the Gentiles. And the Greeks, they were saying that their widows, the Greek-speaking widows, were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. So, the twelve, the twelve apostles, disciples, apostles, called a meeting of all the believers. Come on, folks, we've got to get our act together. Let's have a meeting. We apostles should spend our time teaching the Word of God, not running a food program. And so, brothers, select seven men who are well-respected and full of the Spirit and wisdom We'll give them this responsibility. What are the qualifications for the responsibility? Good respect, well-respected among others, full of the Spirit, and full of wisdom. And then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the Word. Now verse 5, what a beautiful verse this is. Everyone liked this idea. (laughs) Yay, what a great idea, let's do it. And so they chose the following. Stephen, we talked about him last week. Philip, talking about him today. Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas of Antioch, an earlier convert to the Jewish faith. Now these seven were presented to the apostles who prayed for them as they laid their hands upon them. And verse 7 continues, it says, So God's message continued to spread. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem, and many of the Jewish priests were converted also. It's good news. God has equipped the church to be effective, to, to, to get through its first conflict. Whew! Thank you, God, that the body of Christ can get through conflict. 
And, and, and let me just remind you that in your own families, <laughs> where there is faith, you can get through your own conflicts. <laughs> it takes work, but you can do it. So Philip's qualities, as, as I said earlier, was Philip was well-respected. Philip was full of the Spirit. He was full of wisdom. And as Philip goes on, we see that Philip becomes a powerful evangelist. And, and I want us to make the clear connection. Isn't that nice? Clear connection. Someday I'll hit puberty. I want us to make this clear connection that the, the function of serving and the function of evangelism or the function of doing normal things for everyday people and the function of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ cannot be separated. They must go together. So when we do a good deed, we at least have to have the awareness and the understanding that I'm doing this in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm doing this following the guidance of the Holy Spirit. I'm doing this with the power of God's creative Holy Spirit that created all this and created me and created you. I have the same power of the resurrected Jesus Christ as I do this simple act. God be with you. Now that person receiving that service may have no awareness of that. But, but we as the body of Christ have to have that awareness in it. We cannot separate the, the work of evangelism and the work of serving others or the work of, of social justice in this world. They've got to be combined in this. And we know that what happened between Stephen being commissioned as one of these seven deacons, these seven servants, and what happens next happens very quickly and very powerfully. We saw it with Stephen last week. And with Stephen, we saw that he was killed because of the service of distributing food. Now, wait a minute. No, he wasn't. He was killed because he was preaching Jesus Christ. But what put him in a position to do that except that he was asked to be a servant in the church, telling, providing food to others? And as he was providing food to others, he was proclaiming the truth of Jesus. Jesus is the Son of God, died on the cross, resurrected in order to forgive all of our sins. And as he was giving food to others and he, as he was proclaiming that, Others took him to task and they ended up stoning him to death. But as they were stoning Stephen to death, his, his, his face glowed. His body shined with the glory of God. Now, there's one person who witnessed that. We're going to talk about him next week. And, and we know him now as Saul. And his name gets changed to Paul. But pay attention because Stephen is the link between Saul and his faith in Jesus Christ, the servant evangelist. And Philip, this is how he served. When Stephen was killed, those seven servants scattered uh, uh, among the others. Now it says, let's read Acts chapter 4. Acts, I'm sorry, Acts chapter 8. Verse 4, but the believers who were scattered preached the good news. Now remember, these were the deacons who were scattered. 
It says earlier in chapter 8 that the apostles who were dedicated, who, who, who sent out the, the deacons, the servants, to do the work, they were scattered. But it says earlier that the apostles did not run. They did not scatter. They stayed there in Jerusalem. But the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus everywhere they went. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria, Samaria and he told the people there about the Messiah, Jesus, the Christ. And the crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message. We live in a world where people are eager to hear the message. Let's just not water it down so that it's more palatable for them to hear. Because that's not the, we just need to proclaim the truth of Jesus Christ. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims. And many who had been paralyzed or lame or were healed. And so there was great joy in that city. I said earlier that Jesus went throughout the regions. Mark tells us, or maybe it's Matthew chapter 9. I get him confused. I didn't look this up. This is coming out of my memory. Sometimes my memory gets fuzzy like yours. Jesus went throughout the region teaching the good news of God, proclaiming the good news of God and healing all kinds of sickness and disease. That's exactly what we see the disciples doing. That's exactly what we as the body of Christ need to be doing. That's the, that's the act. That's the role. That's the casting that God has for you and for me. Now with Stephen, I mean with Philip, he, like Stephen, was simply called to be a servant, to organize, to distribute food. But he gets empowered by the Holy Spirit. And when we get filled with the Holy Spirit, it shows. Comes out our mouths, comes out our eyes, comes out our actions. If we're filled with something else, that is also going to show. So here's our invitation. Be filled with God's Holy Spirit every moment of our lives. How do we do that? I have four words to help us know how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I trust that these are scriptural. I think they are. Of course, I think we have to be willing. We have to understand that God created us and God gave each of us a will And we can make decisions to receive God or to keep God out of our lives. We have to be willing to first to let Jesus be our Lord and our Savior. Like I said earlier, come Jesus, forgive my sins. I trust you. I believe that you forgive my sins. Open that relationship with me and God, that friendship that we have peace with one another. We have to be willing to be filled with God's Holy Spirit and open all of our life, our personal life, our work life, our marriage, our family life, our community life. Whatever situation we find ourselves, we have to be willing, God, let me see your presence in this area of my life, in all areas of my life. Willing. Secondly, receptive. Receptive. 
If I were to hold a gift out for you, say, Happy Birthday or Merry Christmas. Here's a gift for you. And you walk away saying, Thank you, Roger, for that gift. And you do not take it out of my hands. Do you actually have the gift? (laughs) You have to receive it. And so I think that's also an intentional act for us. God, I receive your Holy Spirit. I'm willing I see you offering it to me. I receive your Holy Spirit. I trust that you give it to me. There may be times in our lives when, as, as we sang earlier, we, we sang about the Holy Spirit being present here. We sang, and, then, and then we say, I trust you, God. Well, I don't feel anything different. I don't see anything different. I trust. I believe. I know, God, that you are here because you say that you will be, and I trust you to do that. And there have been people that I've talked with who have, who have received a healing, but in the moment of them praying for healing or somebody else praying for their, their healing, they get up and they leave that moment and, and they do not see any evidence of their healing. But then maybe moments, maybe days, maybe months later, they, 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 they realize, I don't have that anymore. So we receive it and believe and trust that God has given it. And the third word, willing, receptive, third word is aware. We need to, we need to learn to be aware. You know, just, just, just like, you know, it's, it's extremely humid outside. And, and our friends, Stephen and Debbie Scholes in England, I talked with Stephen on, on Friday, and he says it's 80 degrees here, but it's not as humid as it is in Delaware. So it's not so bad. I mean, when Stephen and Debbie were here, I told you Stephen was helping me to build my little pavilion in my backyard, and we were digging, digging holes in the ground for footers. And, and sweat was just dripping off both of us. Ridiculous amounts of sweat. Somebody told me last night, they, they were, I guess they were at the beach on vacation, and there was another family there from England, and there was another three- or four-year-old boy who had never experienced the kind of humidity that we experienced. He didn't know what sweat was. And he went over to his mommy in his cute little British voice. He said, Mommy, I'm wet. (laughs) There's water dripping down my face. Where did that come from? (laughs) He had no concept. We have to learn to be aware of the Holy Spirit's presence in and around us. And and that's a skill that we learn. So practice it. God, are you here? I'm going to trust. I'm going to believe. But are there any signs that I got? Sometimes there might be physical signs, but many times there aren't physical signs of God. But just open that awareness to you, being mindful that God may work anytime, anywhere. And, and, and there's also an awareness of, of looking around us to find the opportunities that God has for us to both serve and to proclaim Jesus Christ. And in my, the little email that I sent out on Friday, and if you don't get that, by the way, it's an encouraging email. I take a couple hours every week, just like I take hours to prepare this message. I take, I take a couple hours to prepare that message. I just ask that you read it. <laughs> but also in that email, it's got announcements, things going on. But this last week, I, I gave you great information about how, how to select the ripest corn from the store. <laughs> Very spiritual thing. Well, my point in doing that is, is that I, I, had share, I shared this with the men at the, at the dinner on Wednesday night. That the verse where Jesus says, 
the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. As I heard that this week, I thought about the harvest. Jesus has told us that the harvest around us is plentiful. But many times we walk through, we walk through many crowds of people never having any kind of awareness that somebody right next to me is ripe to hear the good news of Jesus. The harvest is all out there. We have to be aware of those opportunities when others are willing and ready to hear the good news of Jesus. And what times are those? How do we know somebody's right around us? Well, here's a clue. This is what I said in my little article on Friday. Make sure we have your email address. <laughs> That's all I ask. People are going through a suffering. They're probably ripe to hear good news. People are going through a divorce. They're probably ripe for hearing good news. People are wondering how they're going to pay this medical bill. They're probably ripe for hearing some good news. People are caught in addiction. They're probably right for hearing good news. People are struggling with their marriage. They're probably right for hearing good news. You hear a parent complain about how hard it is to parent a teenage child. They're probably right for hearing some good news. The harvest is plentiful. And are you aware of recognizing the fullness of the fruit that is available for the kingdom of God? We need to cultivate an awareness of the opportunities around us. Are you willing for God's Holy Spirit to open your eyes to do that? And finally, there's willing, receptiveness, aware, and finally we have to be obedient. That when we have that sense that here's a good and here's a right thing to do, we have to obey it. We have, to, we have to take that, many times it's a leap of faith, and I confess too many times in my own life that, that I have, I've known what God was asking me to do, and I come up with an excuse why I, it's not going to work, why it's not going to happen, why I'm not the right person to do that, why somebody else would be better at that. And those are just excuses. And I confess, I say that too many times. I'm such a sorry pastor. <laughs> I've said, I don't do it well, but you do it. I remember, my, I remember my father. Did your father say, do as I say, not as I do? That's what your pastor is saying to you. Do as I say, not as I do. I'm such a sorry pastor. But can't we come together and can't we pray? God, change my heart. Make me aware. Fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I can be obedient to what you want me to do every moment of every day. Make me that servant that fills me with, with, with a willingness, with a receptivity, with, with an awareness, and with courage to obey you, God. Will you pray that prayer with me today? Uh, if you will, I ask you to come and stand or kneel here. and Let's just pray together and say, God, fill us with your Holy Spirit we can be obedient in every way to what you want us to do and you will receive the glory and what a glory that will be let's stand together as we continue to worship and and pray and and, and let me go back to that earlier invitation that I gave which is to, to settle the question does God do I have peace with God 
I invite you to come and, and, and even kneel here and say, God, I need to know that all my sins are forgiven. God, I need to know that you have a purpose and that my life is valuable. Fill me with your Holy Spirit to convince my own soul that it's filled with lies. That you love me and you have a purpose for my heart, my life. I will follow you wherever you lead me. So let the team come and as we pray and as we sing together. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning humbly. We're, we're, we've missed the mark in so many ways in our life, God. God, we desire a good life. We desire peace with our brothers and sisters. Peace with our spouses. Peace with our parents. Peace with you. Peace with our co-workers. The only way we get that peace, God, is to rely upon your Son, Jesus Christ, whose gift of giving his life on the cross opens the way for peace that passes all understanding. So we come to you this morning, whether we're in this room, whether we're online, and we pray to you. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing our prayers. Amen. Now, if you... I want somebody to pray with you. I invite you to go to one of our prayer stations, and there will be people, there are people there ready to pray with you. If you don't know what to say, just let them pray for you. You don't have to tell them what to pray about. But I invite you also to come forward here, as some have already done, and let's just pray together. Lord. 
situation and we lay them down before you and we give ourselves away so that you can use us Jesus said whoever will come after me let him deny himself take up his cross daily and follow me you understand what happens on crosses right crucifixions happen on crosses things are put to death on crosses so today Everything in my heart that sets itself against the vision, the plan that God has for my life, I lay it down and I give away. I heard a pastor say this one time and it was very profound. God, deliver me from me. God, deliver me from me so that I can be who you want me to be. So God, as we think about what we've heard today and the things that we've sung about and the things that that the Holy Spirit has spoken to our hearts individually, God, as we leave this place today, we pray that you would continue to massage those things into our hearts so that we won't forget, but that we will continue to strive toward playing the part that you have for us in your kingdom. We know it's not easy. We know it's not simple. We know it's a learning process. But, God, we know that we have the greatest director ever. And we thank you that you are here for us. God, as we work together as a team to further your kingdom in this world, we pray for your strength and your guidance and your wisdom for divine appointments. God, lead us. We pray this today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. The altar is still open for prayer. Folks are still at the prayer stations. If you're online, you can still meet with folks to pray with you uh, for several more minutes. God bless you. We hope you have a great week.